What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and television shows that accompany those universes. And today we will be traveling back to the Fox X-Men universe to talk about a, a, a reboot, a requel. It's been called many things. Is it going to be called good or bad? We are here to talk about that movie. We're here to talk about X-Men First Class, starring James McAvoy and a whole lot of other people. And uh, I say we, and joining me as always, no surprises here, but certainly uh, it is definitely a peak cast you've got right here. Mr. Ethan Wetzloff. Ethan, how are you? I'm doing good. I uh, we, just, we all collectively watched this movie together within the hour. We just finished it, and... I have to say, if I were to describe this movie in in flight terms, I don't know if I'd call it first class. But let's dive into this movie. Are you saying this one's coach? I don't know what I'm saying. Let's. I'm excited to talk. The other voice you are hearing is Mr. Micah. Micah, how are you? I'm doing groovy, baby. This man. I, was this was this our second or third movie that we've seen together? As a as a trio. What, we so watched we Howard saw... the Duck together. Fantastic Four. Oh, third movie, then. So this would be... Besides, like, the new ones, like, because we saw some in the theaters. Right. This would be, of the Marvel movie marathon, this would be number three, I think. Wow. I think. Wow. Well, here we are. Number three. We always the know, end of a trilogy. We always know what movies to meet up for and collectively watch <laughs> They're together. They're the most random assortment of films. The most peak movies. You'd think, all right, we're getting together for Avengers. No, we're getting together for X-Men First Class. Fantastic Four. Oh, boy. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. I mean, we had to start it off. We so. did. We had to kick the football through the goalposts. Now, this is one. movie number 24. Oh, 24. We're nearly halfway to 50. We're going to 25 next week. 50. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Wow. No, out, of, out of the 70 films that we have to review. 71. I've got 80 films this week. Here. Actually, so we're going to see it. But what we'd love for you guys to do is to leave a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah, and leave a review on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you write a review, we will, me and Ben, We'll make sure to read those on our on our news show. So, yeah, go go write us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. That would be very, very epic and it would help us out a lot. With all of that out of the way, let's dive in to X-Men First Class. Let's open our sling rings and head over to the Fox X-Men universe. I always believed I couldn't be the only person who was different. Charles Xavier. We're the next stage of human evolution. There's the others out there. We can help them. Mankind, they're going to turn on us. They need us. You ready for this? Let's find out. Is this movie perfect? Yes. No. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It perfect, could be. Perfectly mid? That's what oh. we're here to find out. <laughs> That's what we're here to find out. And But what I would like to find out is... Well, you know what? First, I would like Mr. Wensloff to r remind the audience about this movie because for many people, they have either haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, so I'm going to read the IMDb synopsis and then I want you to to bounce off that and add any additional information that the the listener might need to know. So, yeah. In the 1960s, superpowered humans Charles Xavier and Eric work together to find others like them. But Eric's vengeful pursuit of an ambitious mutant who ruined his life causes a schism to divide them. A schism to divide schism. them at the very end of the movie. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a very general broad... It is a summary. <laughs> there is a whole subplot where we get um, Mystique and the Beast or uh, soon to be the beast, uh, struggling over their mutant identity. I also noticed that uh, this synopsis conveniently left out the nuclear war that is present throughout this film that is 
a very strange subplot. Do you mean the nuclear war that had nothing to do with the rest of the plot? Is that what you're talking about? Um, yeah, yep. I, basically. I think it's that one. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Do you guys remember this nuclear war uh, subplot at all? Have you guys seen this movie before? That's what I was going to ask you okay, guys yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear your. And I'll start. I'll shoot this over to you first, Micah. What have you seen? X Men First Class. Yeah, I've. So I've said this before, but I've seen all of the X Men movies before. Uh, I watched them with my dad just a couple of years ago. It was maybe four or five years ago now, and um, it was. I think we were in preparation for uh, Dark Phoenix or something. We were watching them up till that, and we we're like, "Oh yeah, Dark Phoenix is coming." Oh come boy, up. we never watched it. <laughs> what a movie! To, <laughs> what a movie to prep for. Yeah, yeah. So we we got through the X Men movies, and then just kind of stopped at Logan. We we're like, "We can't, man, we so, can't top this. this." There's no point. Yeah, yeah no we, point after Logan. This movie's great. Uh, oh, uh, actually, no, no, no. We stopped at Deadpool. My dad didn't want to watch Deadpool too. Mm. Yeah, respectful. Spoiler respectful. alert: Nothing really does top yeah. Logan, especially so, not Dark Phoenix. But X-Men First Class, this movie was painfully mid. I'll oh, say that. Okay. Painfully mid for Mike. I know uh, leading up to this film, you were very excited to watch it. I'm excited for one of the X-Men uh, uh, past timeline movies. Yours? I just don't remember which one. Maybe it's all of them, just Your a little bits from each. Days I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, yeah. Days of Future Past. Days of Future it's Past. Days of Future Past. Yeah. That days one is up. Peak. Gotcha. Very good movie. So I remember saying, that one was really good. Um, but there's a lot of things in this movie that don't add up. Uh, a lot of things that just are unearned. I I don't know anything about this backstory that was not just already inferred from watching the first movies. Hmm. Um, so yeah, can't wait to talk about that movie. This this weird movie with you guys. Yeah. Mm, so here we're in a time in our Marvel movie marathon where we have ventured into the MCU, and now we, whenever we leave it, it is such a drastic change. And I just want to highlight a few IMDb user scores because for me, I like looking at those scores because to me they're really reliable a lot of the time. But here, so Thor, which we watched last week, and we all were really fond of it, it has a seven on IMDb. And then we have Iron Man, which has a 7.9 on IMDb. I want to I know where you guys think X-Men First Class falls in between those two. I know where I, know where I would put it. but um, So I know that people really like this movie. Like This is one of the more fonder thought of X-Men films. The 7.7 on IMDb. 7.7? Wow. <laughs> two, two marks below Iron Man. You know what's crazy though? Uh, this this movie. Uh, if, if I can just keep rattling off some statistics here, it is our one, two, three, four, fifth place for uh, worst X Men performing movies. Mm. Money wise, yeah, money wise, mm. it made uh, three hundred seventy four million, which isn't bad, but still way worse than um, than like even Last Stand and and uh, the original X Men made a ton. Uh, two wait no. Even no no, no. X Men One made two ninety six. I guess not. Uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, which we reviewed last time, that was our last X Men movie, three seventy four. So we're kind of in this teen awkward phase for X Men. They don't really know where they want to take the franchise. They wanted to do this this Origins timeline thing, and they had Wolverine's origin movie, and then this was supposed to be Magneto's, right? Yeah. And it kind of was. A lot of this movie was Magneto. And I think the best parts of this movie is Magneto, at least in the first half. And then he kind of falls off. But um, other than that, this is it for the Origins movies. Mm. Yeah. Ethan, are, are you agreeing with Micah that this is a painfully mid film? Yeah, I say that a lot of this movie... See, I don't know where I'd class this yet i'm excited to talk about it to see First where class? it fall in our in our <laughs> rankings but yeah i'd say it's it's right middle of the road right now it uh, we we've had the privilege of watching really good movies on the swat troop and really bad movies now i don't think this is either a really bad movie or a really good movie it just is painfully like micah said in the middle and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to struggle at where to put this because i do think there there are some fun moments and i do like michael fassbender as Magneto, I think he's great, and Charles Xavier is really good. But I think all the other characters kind of fall flat and aren't really giving given any depth or important moments. And I don't really care. This movie moves really weird. It's very blocky. Things just happen, 
and you just kind of go along with it. it parts of it are cool but i i don't like the training sequence and uh i don't i don't like for a franchise that before was so held back and tr- kind of wanted to be more serious how in this movie they're just like oh you're we're gonna call you magneto and you professor you're professor x, x. and yeah. we are the x we're the x-men yeah I don't know it to me the the writing in this movie isn't the best i think mm-hmm. it looks really cool at points and acting is okay for a lot of the characters but yeah i think the writing really lets it down i say specifically in the middle i think the beginning and the end are the best parts of this movie but the middle it really loses you especially that scene where they're all giving each other names and trying to hype each other up as a I guess first class of X-Men and it, it really makes the X-Men kind of boring to start off real quick before we get into what we think. I want to hear what Ben thinks. He hasn't said what he thinks yet. <laughs> and I don't want to get too far in before we uh, skip that. Cause I like what you say okay. about Magneto being the best part of this movie and how this was originally supposed to be a Magneto solo film. It was like they combined all right, Magneto's origin story is not going to work. Wolverine didn't make money, so now we're going to just jam all of the X-Men to it and make it more of like a, like a, a team-up movie. Mm. And those parts, I would say Charles Xavier also does a really good job with James McAvoy at the helm, but I don't... So much of this movie, I actively wanted to stop watching this movie first off. And it's weird because I've seen this movie before, I actually remember this movie fondly. I was excited to watch it. Obviously, not as excited to leave the MCU, but I I have fond memories of X-Men First Class. This was not a good rewatch. I I did not enjoy myself while I was watching this movie. Now, there are some great parts like we talked about with Michael Fassbender. He certainly has, in almost everything that he does in this movie, I would say actually that everything he has to do in this movie is perfection. Perfect. Exactly. You get. You even. He even delivers the best meme line of this movie. Perfection. Cool. Yeah. So he's great. James McAvoy has some good parts. The villain. All of the villains lack so much substance. But you just have these side villains, and it's just there's so much of this movie that gets crammed into it, and I don't really realize why people think this is a good. X-Men film. Well, I will tell you, uh, I'm just glad we don't have to rank it because Hollywood Reporter oh, ranked it for yes. us. Yes, let's see where they threw um, it. And X-Men First Class ranked 37th place mm-hmm. out of their 70 list, uh, 70 Marvel movies list. And if you guys don't know, Hollywood Reporter made the uh, the best Avengers the list. Best. Marvel Cinematic Everything list. If we have to classify it, it would be in first class. Yeah. This list. A first class list, <laughs> yes. really. An A plus, A tier. Uh, Avengers level list. So this would put X-Men first class in the bottom half by the a couple half. spots. Yeah, yeah. Along with um, stars such as uh, Thor. We just reviewed Thor, mm. right? That was in 35th place. Uh, would you guys say that was the 35th place kind of movie? <laughs> well, uh, right now we have it as third. And then 36th so place no. is Avengers Endgame. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is one off of Endgame. Yeah, it's yeah. good. But uh, the internet thinks that X-Men First Class is actually in 22nd place. I, I, For those of you who don't know, I revised our, our list. So I have ultimate rankings for all of our... Uh, I, I pulled together Rotten Tomatoes audience, critic, Metacritic audience... Uh, and Metacritic, Critic, IMDb, and Letterbox scores to create an average score. And X-Men First Class is at 22nd place. Out of every out of all, Marvel movie. Yes, out of every Marvel movie that I have scores for right now. And um, Interesting. That puts it just below Doctor Strange and X-Men 2. Hmm. Just above Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So all of the critic scores averaged out. People That's think that this is a good movie. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. On That's the same I, level as I, X-Men so, 2. X-Men 2... Didn't, uh, where was that in money? X-Men 2 made $50 million more. Would you guys say X-Men 2 was a better movie? Absolutely. Oh, uh, easily. Yeah. It made uh, a million, a hundred million less than Last Stand. Mm. Would you say it's a hundred million less? 
See, it's weird. It is the weird. box office it's also, doesn't equate to the ratings. It's also weird to look at it in terms of money, I think, because yeah. this movie came out in a time where the X-Men still reigned as like the chief interest as far as Marvel superheroes were. The MCU was just getting started. And the X-Men movies were still fondly thought of, and this is a prequel to those movies with a pretty star-studded cast, if you ask me. And so this probably generated a lot of interest and probably got fans pretty hyped because, let's be honest, as far as X-Men films go, we're not exactly at the top of the line as far as they go. So seeing a film like this may have been... It may just have hit at the right time. And Wolverine was pretty good. So it, it wasn't the best movie, but it was... That one's not fondly thought of. It's though. not fondly thought of. No. Okay. Wolverine is... Like, the more common opinion is Ethan's when it comes to X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm. We have nostalgia that helps us with that one. <laughs> but that one's... Or Wolverine is probably the least of the X-Men no, movies. But I would like to compare oh, the, that, yeah. this movie to oh. the first the first trilogy. How do, how do we feel yeah. it holds up to the first three? <sighs> Because I don't think it does. See, that's the problem. That, like, I would have said it's better than some of these. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking, like... <sighs> I think it's better than The Last Stand. Would you th- hmm? What did I rank Last Stand? I don't know. Maybe, the internet but- says that The Last Stand is the worst of that trilogy. It, it's an ensemble. All of those oh, no, movies... I thought it was good. That's right. I did think... <laughs> I thought... Ah. I'm getting all confused. My numbers are all mixed up. I'm you really got it. too many put, numbers. Put, put the numbers I'm away. I'm putting the list away. Yeah. Get away that's, list. That's what you got to do. We, we've looked at it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, because like, <laughs> you have, these are all ensemble films, and in my mm-hmm. opinion, it hurts every one of the films. All four X-Men ensemble cast films, it absolutely hurts it, because you don't get enough time to spend with the main characters, and there are some good ones, like Michael Fassbender takes the Logan spot of the original X-Men trilogy by being the main focused, interesting character, but it just hurts with character development, so it falls along the same lines as that. Like I don't, know, I'm not sure where I'm going to put this as far as X-Men movies go, but it's definitely in around the middle of my list. It's not... It's not very high up. Like I said, I did find myself very bored, especially during the middle part that Ethan talked about of this movie. I am not the biggest fan. And something that I praised about X-Men 1 was the intro to the movie. And they just replay it for this movie. It is literally (laughs) the same film uh, of Magneto when he was a boy in uh, in a concentration camp. Which is, it's a very good scene, but they trim it down a ton to maybe two minutes and then just have it transition into the torture scene. The storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one could say they even extended that scene. They gave more depth to that. And at this point... They should have given us a new perspective or something? I don't know. I would say they're still trying to uh, keep it all together in the timeline, I guess. Because they do make nods. They're playing chess. Like, this is still, like, the prequel. This is what happened back in the day. It's a lot of forced, I think, though. There's a lot of... I mean, they, they call everyone. They they pick all the names, right? Yeah. Just out of the blue. They're yeah. like, oh, yeah. Uh, and then they have them play chess. All right. They do all the things that they're supposed to do, but are they the same characters? What do you guys think about Professor X? Is he Professor X in this movie? Or does he still have... Is he a character that could be after some character development? Or what? What are we thinking? He he is very different. You know, we see him first of all walking around. Second of all, he's a very he's like a partier mm-hmm. and, a, and a player. He he's he's very popular with the ladies, and that's not really the Professor X that we see Patrick Stewart play later. And to me, I like that you said that they're still trying to work on the timeline. To me, it plays like this is the first X Men movie they've ever made, and I know they are kind of going for that vibe, but kind of the. Uh, the name drops and just the way they did things, it felt like our, right, we are introducing the big world to these characters and these concepts for the first time. When in reality, we had a whole trilogy about this already. Like, Oh, 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 oh wait, 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 wait. We're going to say the name. We're going to say, this is Cerebro. Oh, no. Way. Like Whoa. we've already seen that in full effect in the other X-Men movies, so it, it's not as cool as I think they think it is. Almost none of those moments work 
And it, it almost feels cringy because the tone of the previous films has been so serious, black leather. We see it. They finally have the yellow suits in this movie. How do you or feel? Biggest payoff? In some ways, yellow suits. They're not the comic book versions, but they are a step. I don't I don't even know if I'd say that's the so right I direction. It, I want to ask you guys, what is the most earned thing in this movie? Because they say Among Us. The, <laughs> that's the only part where we freaked out. They did say it in the first trilogy, did they, they did, not? They did. Multiple times. I just want to know if anything worked for you guys because... I don't, Logan. Logan worked. Once again, <laughs> Logan comes in and saves the movie. See, that's saved the, it. That's the thing. Because like he's a great part of the movie, but he was a cornerstone to have in those first three movies you don't have him now with these movies. it's a re there's a reason the very next movie is a bridge between the two mm -hmm. you know to fix the timeline i guess take these characters we establish and then throw an interesting character in and there. logan is the main <laughs> yeah, character yeah. so <laughs> i don't as far as moments that are earned i guess in this movie um i would say the only thing that's earned is the thing that was set up in this movie and it's that uh, Eric Lencher's Magneto gets revenge on the torturer mm -hmm. from his childhood. Like I, I feel pretty good about that. Mm -hmm. That's the only plot element that I'm like, okay, I, that's. I good. think as far as the uh, Professor X and Magneto relationship go, I think that's pretty compelling, and I enjoy that a lot. But a lot of the other stuff, the whole team element, no part of this first class of X Men feels like a team. And uh, we were, we well, we were all apart in like yeah, two seconds. Yeah, we were all watching this together, and we were uh, watching them do the training montage, and it is just really weird. Even Someone before that, when they're in the CIA headquarters and they're just hanging out, uh, we're meeting all the the people and they're naming everybody. It's like what team in an action movie bonds by talking in a small group discussion, like. <laughs> They're just hanging out and chilling instead I mean, of showing their, like, actually using their powers in combat. They're, they're just like, check out what I can do. Yeah, someone needs to get shot for assembling that scene in the way that it was done. Because My name is Mystique. Oh, darn it. I wanted that name. I distinctly oh. remember uh, basing a lot of uh, playground stories, you know, when we're just hanging out in the playground when I was in elementary school, <laughs> off of this movie. Because we're like, oh, if th if they can introduce characters and powers like that, then I can totally do that too. It's such an easy cop out way to introduce abilities. It I'm surprised it even made it out of the writers' room. Honestly, <laughs> do you guys agree? Like how the the Avengers does such a better job. The MCU does such a better. They don't even introduce. Did they even say Hawkeye's name in Thor? No. No, they don't because they don't need to. We know who he is. See. But that's the issue, because in the Avengers, you have all these movies that are set up. The X-Men movies, that, and that's my main issue. They never have that. They never have movies that can set up all of the characters. So your focus yeah, so is only on the main characters. Exactly. So those scenes don't work. And especially not, because in this movie, almost any scenes with those younger kids are amazingly cringe. They are horribly cringy. There are so many lines that <laughs> I'm going to have some in here that I'm going to throw in here, but there are so many that are so cringy. And the, the, when they're in the CIA and they're naming it, it's the chief offense of everything like that. I want to be called Mystique. Damn, I wanted to be called Mystique. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> How about Bigfoot? Well, you know what they say about guys with big feet? And uh, yours are kind of small. Small. Speaking of cringe, there is across the board, this whole movie has a lot of cringe dialogue, as well as having a very high tone of like sexuality in this <laughs> oh, movie. Yeah. Emma Frost almost always is showing cleavage. Why? Why do we have that? Same thing with um, Steve Mystique. Mystique. Yeah. Mystique, yes. <laughs> More of that at the end. And it was like. It, it felt awkward. You felt awkward watching the it mannequins. like this. And, and oh, the mannequin! Why were they all female? Why did he touch? Feeling up a mannequin. The mannequin. Who was? was the, who was oh. touching that mannequin? It was. Uh, it it was, was havoc. Beast. It was. It oh was, no! It wasn't beast. havoc. It was beast. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah. He let the beast out a little too, <laughs> too much. The crystal girl. She was. They only had her in there for eye candy. It was weird. Yeah. I don't. Why did we need a, a mystique 
cross Hold Professor on. X character. That's just Hold on. We 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 glossed over it. The the audience needs to feel the effect of what happens. So Havoc is testing out his powers. They bring in a very seductive mannequin for him to test it out on and like blow it up or whatever. So then they bring in three of those mannequins, not fully nude, like with nipples. Uh-huh. I'm like, and what's that, going that, on here? Every mannequin has those. And so, not, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. And ben so, been checking out mannequins. See, there you go. Even oh, better. Boy. And so, there is a scene. They, it's a straight cutaway, and the beast literally has his hand on. It is fondling. He puts the tape on the and breast. he like gets a little. Gr- the breast of the mannequin. What I actually, I audibly gasped when that happened. I cannot believe that was in the movie. What purpose did that serve? It's the most action he gets in his life. <laughs> no, because he was with he was with Mystique the whole time. They were totally getting together, except when he like totally like was like, "Nah, you're He's not. Like, you're ugly. You are not beautiful. We're gonna fix your ugliness. Right. You're not gonna be blue anymore. You're not gonna be part of the blue man group." That. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? That whole subplot of it Beast was, and Mystique. I don't think it was written. That like, why was he supportive of her up until the shots were created? Mm-hmm. He was saying that she was beautiful and all this, and then something changed, but. Didn't they didn't write it like he changed? They right. wrote it like it was just always there. I think he does think that she is beautiful. I just think that he's more focused on making them seem normal. Mm. And to her, in her point, she's like, "Well, no, maybe he's I like, maybe I do want to live like this." You've always been hiding anyway, so what's the point? You know, let's let's. Fix I this. J- I'm just confused on why she even needs this. Like, she can shapeshift. Yeah. She can just be a human if she needs to, or she can be mystique if she needs to. Like, I don't see a problem here. For Dude. Beast, I get it. That dude's got some gnarly feet hands or whatever. And shoes might be really uncomfortable for him. Speaking of clothes, do you guys understand <laughs> uh, Magneto's logic behind, oh, uh, they don't put clothes on a tiger, so you shouldn't wear clothes either. Okay. Okay, creep. That's another weird Dude, example of the writing. Why is he telling Mystique to just not wear clothes? They have a thing. Because she's still naked. <laughs> what? I mean, pretty uh, much. I so, still... <laughs> and, 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 and the other characters acknowledge it, too. Uh, Professor X, he's like, um, what's going on? Why are you not right. wearing clothes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... To me, going back and watching all these X-Men movies, it gets me really, really excited for the way that MCU Studios will eventually tell this story and introduce these characters. Because so far, even though X2, I think, was really good and the first X-Men is pretty good, I think that they don't even come close to what the MCU can do with a cast of characters. You mean like the the new mutants? (laughs) Oh man, that that one is absolutely horrendous. Do you think this is bad? It's not like that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, dude. That I can't believe I'm this negative about this movie when so many people are think, oh no, First Class was a good X Men movie. That was one of the good ones. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It, not at all. It feels like a lower class movie. I say class, but yeah, it's not written as it should be the whole plot with the government just does not make any sense whatsoever i didn't understand why they wanted to start a nuclear war at all i don't understand how he would benefit from the nuclear war um uh, kevin bacon which let me add real quick uh, for our listeners at home kevin bacon will not return to the to the marvel movies until guardians of the galaxy holiday special which is that canon is it canon? Absolutely, it's, it's canon. canon. Yeah. So yeah, the official next appearance of Kevin Bacon is holiday special. Yeah, I like That's what crazy. you say. I like what you say. None of it was very accurately explained. None of it mattered. Like None. all of the whole nuclear war, I was like, uh, who, who? I didn't. I wasn't invested in the plot. Like, why were they in that ocean? Like, why would the general lead them out there just to have them turn back around last second and then? not have any sort of fail safe and then why did nobody else launch the missile towards that battleship i i just don't get it why were they there in the first place if they didn't want to start a war then why were they there anyway the, it was the russians the russians that's right yeah probably it's it's usually always the russians at this point no, i no, guess like, why were the russians there at cuba and why was america defending was well, it was that's america? the thing you're not really supposed to think about that 
It's oh. supposed to be all of your focus is to be on the X Men and the, the origin Cold War movie I've ever seen. <laughs> very, very factual. Here we go. We were talking about why the critics or even fans really like this show. So I just for fun, I pulled up a few Rotten Tomatoes critic scores. Here we go. And uh, here's one of them from uh, Don Shanahan. X Men First Club. X Men First. Class crafts this engaging story, spy film look, and retro style with enough action and tricks to impress those still looking for a comic book movie. And that is from, I mean, that's as recent as 2021. Let me, let me, let me go down to really, yes. Oh, See, I think this movie gets way worse with age. The popular reviews on Letterboxd uh, all say that uh, Charles and Eric are in love and that they're gay. So that about makes sense. I can see how uh, a, uh, a bunch of people would like this movie for that reason, but I don't think that they're in love. There's what? Bro, was <laughs> that not, the intention? I'm not even like enter- all of these are saying that there there's like an underlying romance between these two. I'm not even going to entertain that. These are the same people who think Frodo and Sam need to be in a relationship. Yeah. All right, don't <laughs> even wait. entertain this. I found another review that <laughs> is actually a rotten review from uh, Cuba Beach. Scene is the most Linona Laurie, and she says, "What if we make a movie where women could only contribute to the plot while they were wearing underwear?" <laughs> I think that's, that's a great review. Pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow. Every single review. Every time Charles and Eric appeared in the same shop together, everything got ten times gayer. Now, is <laughs> Mike, reading get off this another one. man's I'm mind? Not, I'm not. I'm not ben, entertaining this. Ben, is a, reading another man's mind gay? Is reading another man's mind gay? Yeah. I guess I'm a gay guy because I've done that many times. You read people's minds, Ben? Yep. Ethan, I'm reading your mind right now. You're I'm reading crying. my mind. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm not gay, but I'm crying. I've oh seen your pain. You better. Uh, no, they are not in love. No, they're not in love. They're there two wasn't a breakup scene who give excellent acting performances. Six feet apart. That's why six feet apart. Exactly. Like I said, those two are probably the. They're why I keep watching the movie. Honestly, mm-hmm. they're the only really good. I think Jennifer Lawrence gives a good performance as Mystique. Like yeah. she's she's good, and I like the route that they go with her character. Like, but as in terms of accepting yourself, and like that's important. But they don't really go anywhere with it, and then she ends up on the evil side at the end. So it's like this is also you know? the first X Men movie that's uh, besides X Men Origins Wolverine, which is going for a different thing. This is a mainline X Men movie. Yes. That is not going for uh, a mutant's rights point of like theme. The only theme of X of uh, mutant's rights is with mystique. Yeah, that's that's as far as it goes. And the rest of none of it else, none of, none of the rest of the movie is political. It's all war and not like a substantial war. It's just like they're mad at each other because Cold War, and you should already know about the Cold War, and that's the only reason. There's no. It's not saying anything bigger about the X-Men universe, which is what I thought the the trilogy did right. Would you guys agree that the X-Men trilogy, for what kind of... Uh, there were some things wrong with the original X-Men trilogy, but what it did right was it, it showed that there's this world of, of conflict between the normal people and the mutants. Yeah, it, it, it hits at home on that part, and it really... And this one does not. Yeah. It elaborates why uh, Magneto is the way he is and the hate he has for humans. But we learn in this movie the the person he hates the most isn't a human. It's also a mutant. Yeah. So it, it kind of doesn't work in that aspect. <laughs> it doesn't work if the person he hates is also a mutant. And then also Professor X, who wants to get everyone together, is also hated because he wants to find everyone. And then he's like, no, no, no then they'll just round everyone up again and then kill them all like they did well, the Holocaust. I will say in defense of that one, the only reason that he kills Kevin Bacon is because Kevin Bacon killed his mom. Like that's the, that's it. Question. Ben, that scene was pretty sick. All without looking, can you tell me what Kevin Bacon's character's name is? Oh, Micah, Kevin Bacon's character's name. You know I'm bad at names. Because uh, I have no idea. No, no, that's a good <laughs> Eric point. Slosher. <laughs> Eric Slosher. Schmidt. Is... Schmidt. Um, it's... Lencher. Oh, oh that's it's right. It's Schmidt. It's... No, it's not Schmidt. Shaw. 
Schmidt or Shaw? Shaw, yeah. I mean, he, I first think name? he's called both. First name? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you look it up? Is it Patrick? No, it's not Patrick. Patrick Shaw. Uh, <laughs> Winter Soldier. Uh, no, it's 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 Winter Soldier. Bucky. Bucky. That's it. That's Bucky it. Shaw. Legit? No, Sebastian. Oh. Sebastian. 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 His Remember, name is Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian Shaw, yeah. Oh, and wow. uh I think my one of my least favorite parts of this movie is Charles McAvoy's accent. Yeah. I think it's a little too overdone. In some is, that, is it an accent? Yeah, it's an accent. I think it's like his real accent. No, I, no, no, no. Yeah, no, uh, I James, think he's uh, he's Irish. I'm pretty sure. I think he's got a like a Welsh. No, accent. I'm pretty sure that's like his actual voice. Like Boy, that is accent. That is how he talks. He's got a Glasgow accent. Yeah, it's Scottish. It's Glasgow. Oh, okay. So um, that could be. I don't like his. I don't like how he's pronounced as uh, Sebastian. <laughs> There was another couple words in there that was like, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how Professor X would say it in, in the other movies. I see. Minor. Ethan, you were talking about unearned and earned moments, and I would say there's a lot of unearned ones, but one that is earned, I would say, is how Professor X loses his ability to walk. Hmm. I like that scene. For context, uh, Magneto is being shot at, and one of the bolts he deflects goes right into Charles's back. And it's actually a pretty emotional scene because they're fighting, and right when that happens, they stop fighting, and he goes right to his side and sees like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for this to happen. Like, it's more than just the feud between them. Like, there's something bigger at stake here. And he truly doesn't want his friend to get hurt. I think that moment is earned. But everything else, I would say no. And I think it's a, a fair enough way to write how he break how he loses his legs because I looked it up, and apparently in the comics he loses what his legs in similar ways. He's had mm. a rock dropped on his legs, or he's um, uh, uh, had an alien babies uh, hatched in him, and then his body is cloned. So Whoa! He... <laughs> <laughs> Much better than the way they reveal why Nick Fury oh. lost an eye. Yeah, yeah. Well, still salty about that oh, four years so later. Funny. Four years later, I'm and still I'd, salty. And I'd say it's much better than a lot of the payoffs they tried to do in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Or X-Men First Class. Even. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to go far. Yeah, that's true. Do you guys, should we do favorite character? Or is there anything else you guys want to mention about this film? Well, there's so much I want to mention that uh, what about the, uh, is score? bubbling. Yeah, what do you got, Micah? What about the score, Ben? You're the score guy. The score? The score's good. How'd the music sound? The music's good. Uh, there's one theme that really stands out, and it's Magneto's theme. And that's that's really good. But overall, Henry Jackman, his best score, in my opinion, is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That's his best work. Ooh. Other than that, he doesn't really particularly produce the, uh, the best music out there. It's serviceable for the film. But Magneto's theme is good in here. I... It's nothing compared to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man theme or Thor's theme or even Iron Man's theme from the first one, to be honest with you. It's it's not the greatest, but I will say on the way here, we were all singing the uh, Magneto theme. We were so, singing it? <laughs> humming it, singing it, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say. But wow, it, it appears um, the 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 writers for this movie are quite close. Uh, they, uh, they went like on to 17 write, of them. Like there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. I see three on IMDb and so far the ones that I've seen, they were all part. Oh wait, there, there are more. Wow. Look okay, at that, dude. There's a couple. I mean, the last two were comic book creators, but the first three then, uh, Ashley Miller, Zach Stentz and Jane Goldman. Uh, let me see if Matthew Vaughn also goes on to, yep. They're all part of the Kingsman group. Uh, they eventually go on to make all three Kingsman movies. Have you seen those movies, Micah? I have not. But I've that heard, is, they are uh, Marvel movies, too. I've heard those movies. Have, have you seen those movies, Ethan? Kingsman? No. I've heard those movies are along the general lines of this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's it's The audiences are generally mixed yeah. okay. when it comes to stuff like this. But There's so, also another uh, another group of movies that I... Oh, oh also, um, Matthew Vaughn produced Fan4Stick. Wow. Oh boy! Take with that how you will. Oh boy! Wow! Now well, it all we'll, makes we'll sense. To, to me, a, def a Man. defining factor of these Marvel movies is as there's one thing that really separates the good ones from the bad ones, 
And it tends to be all the good ones. Not Papa Feige. Oh, they have a Stan it? Lee cameo. There's no oh. Stan Lee cameo in this. And oh I my think, gosh, is I think that not? says something. Well, what, what, were the, what were the ones that were bad that didn't have a Stan Lee cameo? Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Blade. Did Elektra have a... No. The Blade movies did X-Men not have a Stan Lee cameo. Right? I'm just saying it, no, it you're just right. says something. The MCU is established and the X-Men movies are something... And there's no Stan Lee cameo. Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. Cameoed in all the MCU movies so Daredevil far. had one. Daredevil had one? Yeah. So it's peak. Daredevil is peak. Yeah. <laughs> That's Electra. just something I noted. He was also in all the Spider-Man movies. I'd say from this point going forward, after the MCU has been established, we should know which ones have Stan Lee in it. Spirit of Madness, do you guys think it'll have a cameo? No. 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 Oh, no great. So that <laughs> is he in Big Hero 6? He, he is. is. Oh. He's yes. in the end credits, if I'm not mistaken, right? He also that. is in the middle of the movie. It flashes to a portrait. Oh, really? Fan four, that's right. He's the he's the dad. That's right. Mm-hmm. What about Fan 4 Stick? Is he in that? I haven't seen it. I have Spoilers? seen a long time ago. I don't know. Dark Phoenix? I don't know. Uh, I don't mutants. think he's new in mutants. that one. No, 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 definitely not. What was the last one he was in? He was in the New uh, Mutants takes place in like a school. Endgame like was the, the last whole one, time. Right? Or Far From Home. Uh, Endgame, Endgame was his last cameo. So not anymore. May he rest in peace. Rest in Excelsior. Micah, do you have a favorite character Logan. in this no, movie? No. <laughs> Logan. Logan. I'm going to go with Logan if you want. No, I'm going to go with uh, Magneto. I think they had a movie with him and then they just dropped it 45 minutes into this one. Because this movie's two hours and 10 minutes. It's a long one. This is a longer movie. And, and you feel it. Yeah, this this movie starts off kind of strong with Magneto's kind of spy stuff going on, and people praise it for the spy stuff. But where it falls short is after that halfway point, once they become the quote-unquote X-Men, uh, Magneto loses his touch. He loses what makes Magneto Magneto. He isn't abrasive to Charles at all until that very last beach scene. He just willingly goes with everything and there's no struggle between the two and i feel like magneto should have put up more of a fight to charles's advice uh especially the mind reading stuff he should have been like no this is my private mind you know you can't just go in there Hmm. that's a big thing going forward is that he doesn't want charles in his mind as much right um yeah, Charles in the first half. Uh, not Charles, uh, Magneto in the first half. Magneto in the first half. Okay, yeah. all right. I like that. I, so I could have seen an entire John Wick-style Magneto movie oh. where he goes around and just kills the Nazis. That would be... Right, yeah. That, that would be pretty sick. sick. Ethan? My favorite character is Emma Frost. No, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you guys. I'm messing <laughs> around. Emma Frost, sure. <laughs> or the lack uh, thereof. I also <laughs> want to, before we get further, I want to note that Zoe Kravitz is in this film. Catwoman in the Batman. Catwoman. Yeah. yeah. Much she, better she, role in Batman. Is she <laughs> in any, there, sure. any other uh, Marvel movies after this? Zoe Kravitz. Mm. I'm not too familiar with her character. Let's her, see. I'm going to take, take Darwin as my favorite. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, <laughs> man, I... Oh, she's Mary Jane in Into the Spider-Verse? Yep. What? Yes, she is. Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie? That one, too. What? See, so Micah took Magneto. So, okay. I mean... I want to take Professor X, but then who does that leave you with? I got it. I you don't worry it. about it. Okay. Take, take Professor X. I, I'll take Professor I X. I did not like Professor X. James McAvoy. I'll, I'll take him. He he has enough in there to where I like him, and I specifically like any scene he shares with uh, Michael Fassbender, and we'll dive into it a little further when we talk about our favorite scene, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take Professor X. You know, I think why I don't like Professor X in this movie is because this is him at his worst writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the worst Charles that we have, I feel. And I mean, after this, we get our redemption Charles. We get our full redemption arc in, like, from worst to in Days of Future Past, right? Doesn't he have that? He that has arc? a great arc in he Days has of a Future great Past. Great arc in Days of Future Past, and I can't wait for that. In Logan, he's such a great character. In the X trilogy, he's a great character. And in this movie, he's so blah to me. Mm-hmm. He's just like generic smart guy who is obsessed with mutants. And then can also no, read minds, but also all the times he has to read minds, he's like, oh, sorry, I can't help you here. I'm, I'm, I guess I will not be as much help as I thought I was going to be tonight. 
What? <laughs> I don't disagree with anything yeah. you said. I just say that it, there's not a lot of good characters in yeah. this movie, and that's where it really suffers. It suffers at writing good characters, and uh, it's hard to buy into James McAvoy because you did have Patrick Stewart, perfect casting playing yep. Professor <laughs> X before this, and it it will be really fun to see them in Days of Future Past interact together on screen. I think that'll be really fun, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't got much more to say on that. I'm going to defend Jay. I think James McAvoy does a great job mm-hmm. as as an early Professor X. I think he his I think act, the writing. His acting is I think it's great, and mm-hmm. I, I like a lot of his writing. He you see the the foundations of his like conflict with Eric. You see where the differences lie. I think that he portrays that really well, and I think this is just the first in him growing into the character that he becomes, I guess it doesn't really work because it ends in dark Phoenix. And I mean, you guys haven't seen that movie, so I've seen it. I just you seen, have seen, I dark seen Phoenix. it in theaters. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we were, we were prepping to watch it in theaters. We missed it by a long shot and then just never <laughs> got around to watching it. So I just, so watched you it know, on my own it time. doesn't really end off very well. Yeah. Like in a fina- final, like I if it helps, I don't remember that movie at all. Well, there you go. See, that's that speaks. I remember for there was a campfire scene, and um, and like everyone dies. Yeah, that's all I remember. Spoilers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoilers <laughs> for the worst movie ever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what that's what I like to say. As far as the characters that are left with any sort of subs- substance, uh, I'm gonna take Mystique mm. because she's the only other character that I can think. I agree with Ethan. What about Beast, man? Beast has terrible arc, acting. Dude. <laughs> he has terrible acting in this movie. Nicholas Holt is on his way to becoming a good actor, but he does not have Where his acting chops in here. He plays Tolkien, and he plays a better Beast in the future uh, X Men. And he older. most most recently played a character in the menu. Mm, yes. So. Yeah, Mystique. She has some sort of an arc. I don't even have much to say on Mystique. That's no. the thing. Yeah. Like, besides her arc and fighting for mutant rights, she's the only other character with any sort of substance that you can grab onto and kind of relate to. So, and and she has a great story actually in Days of Future. Actually, you know, pretty much everything about Days of Future Past is really really good. So, you know, the next time we talk about the X Men, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a good one. But favorite scene. Ethan, we're going to start with you, actually, on this one. Real quick, the the CIA agent, um, Oliver Platt, who we we thought was, uh, uh, he sounded like a narrator, right? That that guy with the the radio voice? Yeah. His name is Man in Black Suit. He's never given a name. But he's, like, in more scenes than some of the mutants. True. Which, I I just thought that was weird. I was going through IMDb looking for Nicholas Holt and found that. Man in Black Suit. Man in Black Suit. That's his name. Yeah. That's a that is his name. Huh. That's so weird. Why don't they give him a name? What's up, man? What's up, man in black suit? Favorite scene. Uh, I so I kind of forgot how this scene plays out. Because Which is a testament the, to the yeah, film. All I know is it, it was some scene between <laughs> Magneto and Professor X where they talk about something. I I think it might have been when they were playing chess by the. By the Lincoln, was it one statue? Oh, when he's talking about the uh, satellite, um, they're talking about their no, grand plans. Not that, but not directly. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna help to train all the mutants," and then he's like, "Yeah, I think, I also I think that's it." Yeah, some scene between <laughs> Professor X and Magneto. I don't remember. I'm sure that one was it the one where they're crying or the one where they're playing chess. I think there. it's when they're playing chess by the Lincoln the, Memorial. Yep, that's yeah. when they lean in and they almost kiss and then. <laughs> I oh, think that's what they found you know, I'm on the your, your theory, Micah. <laughs> Remember when uh, he, his queen took uh, Charles's queen, and then they oh, got a little steamy in there. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, oh boy! boy. Why would Micah? Char- well, I was actually scene. thinking about that because they used the chessboard and not that them kissing. I was so. <laughs> In the original, thank you for the clarification. Yeah, in the original X Men trilogy, they use the chessboard to show how the conversation is going. And why did Magneto take Charles's queen with a queen? Why would Charles let that happen? You got me, That's man. That's something I was thinking of. And I don't know if it was just like, oh, we're going to have him take the queen with a queen because that'll be cool. But I don't know. Anyway, uh, favorite scene uh, when 
I, I like the uh, the montage scene. Or, okay, besides the Magneto stuff, because I've already talked about that. Boring, whatever. Um, I like the montage scene where they're going around to the different places and getting the different mutants. Mm. So they use Cerebro for the first time, and we're like, oh, cool. And he's like, oh, ah. That is cool. He's, he's going into the, it's writing down all the coordinates and stuff, and then we get to see our Logan cameo. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lentra. Sounds Xavier. Go f*** yourself. Sick. Our f We also see a, a Storm real quick, and then yep. a Scott Summers real quick, too. That's right. Pretty Which sick. is strange, because in the X-Men movies, they seem to be in their upper 20s. And in this movie, it's set 40 years before those movies are I set. I like how they fill in the plot hole of uh, Mystique being young by just uh, giving her halftime. You can be as young as you want. She's True. like... Just a, a cutaway line. Oh yeah, by the way, your um your cells they don't mature as fast, so you're doesn't it doesn't explain why she's not old or not young right now. Hmm. Like why does why isn't she ten or fifteen or something? If she ages how old is Professor X? He's gotta be mid twenties, late twenties? Late twenties, early thirties, yeah. She's gotta be she can't be around like 16, the same. No, around the same. Eight. No, no, like physical age. She can't be like 16, 17. That's not right. I'm not sure. I don't think she ages slower. I think the appearance oh, okay. and the, you know, like your body, you just have the physicality. And yeah. 16 yeah. years is still 16 years I guess so. on earth. So yeah. you just age slower, like dog years, sort of. They age faster. Mystique years. Mystique yeah. years. Mystique years. <laughs> That's what it is. There you go. Uh, I think the best scene is when Magneto goes in the diner. And yes. He yeah. That's a good finds one. the two guys who are with. That was Western-like. Oh, big time. And he gets a drink and he sits down. They're all speaking in German. And he like impresses them with that. He sits down and the action, and along with the score, which is at its best in that scene, is done really, really well. And I wish, honestly, the whole movie was that style honestly but that that's in my opinion my favorite scene i liked how it was uh what do you guys do for a living oh i'm a pig farmer and i moved out here because i need more land or whatever oh i'm a tailor and i like to make clothes or something and then he's like what do you do oh i or my my parents were killed by a pig farmer and a tailor and he's clicking his his cup to their really cups. well done and then they slowly lift their uh, lower their cup and he lifts his cup slowly with a big old smile on his face. He's like, oh, I got you guys now. Checkmate. Magneto has some cool scenes in this. Like, Definitely. Uh, when he controls the anchor and he like cuts the ship in half. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It It's weird, though, what they it's decide. slow. What they decide Magneto can do mm. and what he can't do. He can move a massive anchor, but the satellite, which spins by itself, is too heavy to spin mm-hmm. I, I don't know I don't know where his or that are. he can one thing that I actually audibly said during the movie was why, how can he move himself relative to that submarine how is he like pulling himself with it well that stuff we see in the early X-Men movies he can fly just he by he can fly but I, I imagined it was he was wearing metal on his shoes yeah. so he's lifting up the yes. shoes but why is he able to grab onto himself? metal and yeah move. grab onto something far and hold on to it like as he's yeah. pulling it towards him, I don't know why it would propel him forward. That's the least of my concerns. <laughs> yes, right. I feel like it would have something this to do is with the like, most concerning problem with the movie. Magneto. That's <laughs> why. That's probably why they scrapped the Magneto origins. They're like, well, we can't well, do this anymore. He is a very powerful mutant, so it, you can't think of it like that. You know, you can't think of what he can and can't do because it's what the script was. Stan Lee is famously quoted as saying. You know, it's it's the debate between who would win between superheroes. And he says, I, I know exactly who would win. It's whoever the storyteller wants to win. Mm. That That's mm-hmm. who's going to win. So mm. I my my dad is the, the chief offender when it comes to this stuff, because whenever we get out of superhero films, he'll always say, well, why didn't he do this? Why didn't Doctor Strange make a spell that would reverse all of this in Spider-Man No Way Home? And if you think like that, you're not going to enjoy superhero films because uh, every film has exactly. that. There's He's always in the multiverse. Yeah, you have to just sit back and enjoy the story because there are elements in every superhero story that just you you have to just jump over. You have to be like, all right, that's fine, that's fine. Like especially when Spider-Man beats Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension. Right. Yeah. What yeah. if? What if? That, there's a show for that. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask me who would win in a fight, 
I'd say Doctor Strange. But in that moment in time, with Doctor Strange being all wacky, the script had Spider-Man win that fight. Spider-Man movie. He can't die. It's Spider, exactly. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Plus, we gotta see Tobey Maguire, so... Andrew Garfield. But like good stories can do it in a way that narratively work. Right. And you sit back and look at it. Okay. And that's that, what degrades that it from a nine to like an eight. Yeah. Yeah. So in this most movie, in, in so goes from ways. a nine to an eight. Uh, this one goes from a nine to a ten. Oh, so. <laughs> nine to a ten. And speaking Got of it. scores, now's the time, gentlemen. You know, there's a the number time. in this title. <laughs> there is first. a number. <laughs> it what, will so not right be. now our first place is Spider Man two. Are we uh, willing to first class? So we're, we, yes, <laughs> let's get first class. All right. I'm me, right. Oh, my yeah. score, I give it a 10. Ben? 10. 10. All right. That's we're 10 out of 10, baby. Oh, boy. This, no one, nothing's going to top first class. It is truly the first of its class. It's the Morbius of the It time. is the Morbius of the X Men <laughs> films. So when Morbius, wow. when we review Morbius, can we uh, give it 11s out of 10? I was actually just thinking about that. Yeah. So we'll Are for we sure. going to allow. The first 11 out of 10? <laughs> like higher than 10? No. It like transcends it? I don't think so. Transcends no, no. the realm of the... Uh, we the just st- knock everything down however many percent or uh, points. Oh, okay. Nah, yeah, that's not... How cool. the duck goes negative? And Once then- we get to uh, Infinity War, we've collected all the Infinity Stones of all these movies. <laughs> we have the power to snap the scores in half, thus making... Eights, fours. Now moving everything down. Reality yeah. can be whatever I want. Micah, what is your reality Ooh. for X Men First Class? What score? Man, um, so X Men First Class is it as good as the first three movies? I'd say no. I'd say it's not even as good as the first one. I'd say that there are some uh, some things in the first movie that are way better. Because there's Logan in it, and Logan is the greatest character uh, in the X-Men saga. Everyone knows that. Uh, it's not even my own opinion. It's everyone's opinion. I agree. So, while I am stalling for time so I can uh, think of a score here, <laughs> I'm going to say... Ooh, you know what? That's good. I'll go with that. Six point... Ooh. Ooh. Six point six. Ooh, wow. Sixty-six. 6.6. I'm going 6.6. Wow. Ethan, are, are you struggling as much as I, I am? So. As to I, think it's, I think that the, the action in some of the scenes is okay. The beginning half, really good, really solid, right? But the end just has some... The missile thing with the mag, with Magneto picking up and dropping the missiles is like, oh, 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 oh. It's cartoony. It's not even comic-y. It's just cartoony. Hmm. There, there are some choices in this movie with... Um, uh, we didn't even talk about Darwin. He was one of my favorite potential characters in this movie, and they really? killed him off. <laughs> we didn't talk about a character who has two minutes of screen time? Dude. Holy catfish. Darwin is really cool. How he can adapt to his environment immediately. And you know the potential you can have with that? You can have this super OP character... And they just give him an energy ball and kill him off in a multiverse of madness style way. <laughs> yeah. The, this movie doesn't know what tone it wants. There's the super dorky teen movie with the first class of X-Men. And then it goes right into, uh, what's his name? Mephisto dude. Picking up people and dropping them from... Azel? Is sure. that his name? Yeah, that guy. Azazel. Azazel. Azazel dropping them from... Feet up in the air. Oh no! It it shifts around a lot. I mean, starting off with the uh, the Holocaust right up front, opening the movie, and then the yeah, the tones of the movie are really unbalanced. And I told myself at the beginning of the podcast once Micah said that he uh, flipped on this movie and he doesn't like it as much as he does or did once upon a time or thought he did i told myself all right i'm gonna match micah's score you're gonna match it whatever micah gives it i'm gonna give it but i heard your oh, score wait, wait, wait. better than spider-man 3 yes that that is what i said i'm like it is not better it's than, not Spider-Man, better than 3. spider-man 3 for you it's no. not so that is why i'm going to just give it a flat six flat six yeah because i've consulted the list i've looked I might at come all, down i've consulted the list i've looked at all the other movies I might and come down. i think six is where i want this to sit and I think that it it does for me. 
the other sixes I've given out are let me let me let me consult the list hmm. are uh, I gave Incredible Hulk a six. I'm going down, I'm and going. I gave uh, Fantastic Four a six. And I gave X Men the Last Stand a six. I gave Iron but Man I, two I a think... six point six. I'm dropping this down to a six point two. There's no <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's closer to a six. I agree. Yeah, not yeah. quite a six for me, because uh, then we're we're reaching towards levels of of uh, what's like a five point nine from like a, like a Hulk was a five point six. That's which Hulk? Hulk. Uh, Incredible. Or Angley's. Angley's Hulk. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then so, Punisher Warzone is a 6.5. I think that that had some cooler moments oh, in some ways. You're, Mike, you have some criminally high scores. Dude, that, Punisher that Warzone Punisher had Warzone some sick blood scenes. Howard the Duck, you have... And this movie had some sick stuff, too. It did. And it did. Yeah, I, I can't knock it for that. Uh, so I'm going... Locking in, 6.2. 6.2. And then, Ethan, you had a... Going flat six. A flat six. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to, if the only real enjoyment I get out of this movie is between Magneto and some of Charles Xavier's moments, I cannot justify, I really did actually have a bad time watching this. Mm. I guess I'm just not the biggest X-Men fan. The highest I gave the best, like X-Men 2 was like 7.5. They never reach it for me. I'm just not invested in the X-Men universe. I don't know if that's because it's not continuing. No, I can recognize a good movie. I'm not happy with my score anymore. Like, I I just (laughs) do not like this movie. And I had it at a six originally. But now I'm going down. I'm going down after this discussion. It's not good. It doesn't have a lot of redeeming values. Now, yeah, there's good stuff with Magneto, but that's... Question. So, we all united over X2. I'm feeling that again. Can we unite? Collectively unite our scores here. I'm going a Just five and a half. That's my half. 5.5. Micah, would you go down to a five and a half? I go down to a five and a half. I can see that. I will take my score to five and a half also. Five and a half? All yes. right. Let's collectively five and a go half. five and a half on X that's united beautiful. on the first class. So that brings our average score too. Oh. Guess it. Guess it. Five and a half. Oh. <laughs> Look so. at that. Okay, so where does it rank as far as 24 films now? Right? 24 films. Okay. 24 films. Where are we at? So it is ranked 17th place. Okay. Why not out of 24? Yeah, yeah. 17th place out of 24. What's below this movie? Blade Trinity. Just below it? Just below it. Hmm. So we got a 55 on this one. 55.6 is The Punisher. And then 58.3 is The Incredible Hulk. What? Hold on. 58? 58.3. Oh, Average. Okay. I, I So I did times 10. Oh. Uh, so okay. 5.8. So technically it's 5.8. 5.8. Okay. Is Refer to it as that. Hulk. Yeah, sorry. Uh, 5.8 is the Incredible Hulk. Okay. 5.5 is the Punisher. 5.5. So 5.56 for the Punisher. 5.5 for X-Men First Class. Oh, so like it's right there. It's right there. It's below Punisher. Yeah. Just below Punisher. Point zero one. Holy cow. And you want to read off our top five movies so far? Yeah. Well, hold on. Before we... No, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Read off the top five. Top five. We have Spider-Man 2 at an 8.9. Iron Man at an 8.8. Thor at an 8.3. Spider-Man at a 7.9. Spider-Man 3 at a 7.5. Okay. Wow. Is that all the Spider-Men? Yep, that's all the Spider-Men. They're all all in the top five. And then our first X-Men movie is X-Men 2 at... Uh, sixth place with a seven point five. So just okay, missing. just shy. Okay, okay. Wow. yeah. All right, that's, that's and then uh, X Men. The first one uh, is the other one in the top ten. Okay, at All a right. seven point three. So the next movie is Spirit of Vengeance, right? Come on, son. Yeah, that's Captain right. America, time that the next movie the is Avenger. Captain America: The First Avenger. <laughs> Do you understand? Oh, shoot! What happened? We gotta go see stupid Quantumania before we can watch oh, Captain America: The First oh, Avenger. No, dang it! <laughs> that's the next movie of the Marvel movie marathon, though. Yes, I thought it Spirit is. Spirit of Vengeance was next. Nope. So, 
Spirit of Vengeance is right, sworn right after we were... First Class, or right after the First Avenger. That's cool. We go from First Class to First Avenger. Are you kidding me, dude? Are you kidding me? Listen, then we just we have a great movie next week. Then we slog through Ghost Rider, or maybe it's good. Who knows? None of us have seen it. Peak Rider. And then right after that, we have one of the best movies on this marathon. We have the First Avengers. Let's go, baby. Let's, Let's go. go. Listen. We've got, we've got, oh, the lineup is epic. The lineup, whew. listen, I'm just reeling. I didn't know Captain America was next. <laughs> I, you guys know I love Captain America. Yes. Um, we all do. Who doesn't like Captain America? The first Avenger is an excellent film. First class, get that out of here. I want the first Avenger. First class, more like X-Men first class. No, I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing around with you guys. Mid class. <laughs> That's right. So stay tuned for that. Get your tickets for Quantum Mania. It's out this week. Actually, by the time this recording's out, this Quantum Mania will. Quantum Mania. Well, that depends. Actually, that's true. That depends. That's true. You know, it's going to be weird. It's going to be out around the same time as this recording. But we're all going to see. We've got our IMAX tickets. We're ready to go. Nine o'clock. It's going to be a late movie showing, but we're going to be excited for it. I, I'm looking forward to it. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for Captain America, the first Avenger. That's going to be a great podcast. I might not even set a time limit for that one because I got a ton to say. We're not going to set a time limit for the Avengers. I know that for certain. Dude, Thor went like hour 20. So we got a lot going on here at Multiverse Monologue. So stay tuned. Unlike X-Men. Unlike X-Men First Class, which does not have a lot going on for it. But as for now... This is Ben Rayside. This is Ethan Wetzloff. This is Mike Ahead. Signing off. We all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day.